0: Hello, welcome back to Undressing the Issue. I'm Julia, I'm your host. And today, I wanted to talk about a subject that comes up quite frequently in the therapy work I do with my clients. And the subject is learning to trust somebody again in an intimate relationship after a person has been betrayed, after they've experienced betrayal whether in the same relationship or in a different one. So the reason that this comes up quite frequently is because with some of my clients, especially my betrayed partner clients, I do share my story and I've shared it here in a previous episode. And I'm pretty open about my experience because I find that it helps people to feel more understood more seen, uh, helps them to relate when they know that somebody's been through it too and they get it. So I've shared my personal story of discovering my ex-husband's double life and the betrayal that came with all of that. I also might have mentioned, I don't exactly remember, pardon me, but I may have talked about, you know, the gaslighting and all of the other stuff that happened in that relationship that also contributed to the trauma of it. So, a lot of people also know, and if they don't, they will now, that after that, I did meet my now husband, uh, whose name is Ted, and that we've been together for almost 10 years, And I am able to trust him, and I do trust him. I trust him implicitly. So I think that it's important to kind of talk about the process, at least the process that I went through, to get to the point of being able to not only get involved in a new relationship after healing from the trauma of the first one, but also how did I get to the point where... After being lied to, so (laughs) extremely lied to, and being gaslighted and being betrayed, how did I get to the point where I was not only able to get into another relationship, but felt comfortable and safe enough to get remarried and also get to a point where I can actually trust my partner? It's not hard for me. I don't have to double check. I'm not constantly suspicious. How did I get here? So this is what I want to talk about. So the first thing that I often tell people when they ask me this question is it takes time. It didn't happen overnight. It probably didn't happen in the first few years of this relationship. I still would get triggered. I would still have these thoughts where I would start wondering if I needed to question something, if I needed to be suspicious, if I was being too naive, too trusting. I went through all of that. And I think the second point that I always make is that to get to the point where you can trust another person does not involve finding the right person to trust. It's not about the other person. Really, it's about you. It starts within yourself. So what I mean by that is it's not about me learning to trust others or trying to learn everything about them and track them and, you know, (laughs) do my background searches and get that type of reassurance to make me believe what they're saying and trust them. First off, The trust is earned. I'm a big believer that trust is earned. It's not just freely given. But also, in order for me to trust anybody else, I have to trust myself first. And that needs to be expanded on. So I will do that. What I mean by trusting myself first is that I have to be able to depend on my intuition And the cues that I receive from my body, my thoughts, my emotions to let me know that I am either safe or unsafe with another person. It's not about finding that needle in a haystack person who is totally safe and trustworthy. It's about me being able to Read my own signals that are always there, that have always been there, in order to know when I should be worried versus when I shouldn't, and to actually follow through on that. So the reason why this is difficult for somebody after they've been betrayed is because during a betrayal— Oftentimes, people start blaming themselves. They say, I should have known. I should have seen the red flags. I should have caught on sooner. How could this have happened right under my nose and I never knew it? I should have known. I feel stupid. It's my fault. Had I put two and two together, I wouldn't be in this position now. They go inward. They blame themselves. And when they do that, when they decide that it's my fault, there's something wrong with me because I didn't catch on, (sighs) the flip side of that is that they're convincing themselves that the next time they're in a situation, they're also not going to know. That they're not going to be able to keep themselves safe because they couldn't do it the first time. And so people become nervous. They get scared. They get fearful. When they get into a new relationship, they start thinking about all of these things. I know I did it. I know my clients do it. But these thoughts come back, and they do so very quickly. What if this happens to me again? I'm really going to feel like an idiot. It must be me that I'm attracting these types of people. There's something wrong with me. Here's the truth of it. A person who is really good at lying and covering their tracks and living a double life is better at lying and doing all of that than you are at being a human lie detector. That person has probably practiced this and done this over and over and over again, whereas you never really felt you had to, so you haven't practiced. You're a novice at lie detection while you're faced with an expert at lying. So you can't blame yourself. Part of the reason why you're a novice is because we are socialized, especially in the U.S., especially as women... Basically, by the Disney fairy tale. That's a big source of our socialization. We're taught that when we find our prince charming or princess charming or them charming, whatever your cup of tea is, when you meet somebody that you have romantic feelings for and you embark on... A relationship. You decide to see where this goes, get to know them better, take your time, and really engage in this. You've been taught that when you like somebody, and you really care for them, and you've been with them for a while, that you're supposed to give them the benefit of the doubt. That it's a part of respect. It's a part of showing love. That You know, you're not supposed to just constantly be questioning them or second-guessing them. If that's the case, why are you with them in the first place? It's supposed to be based on what we see in movies, what you've been told in the fairy tales that have been read to you, the Disney movies, all of that stuff, is that once it clicks, there's sparks, it feels magical, and you live happily ever after. And that it's that easy. But the reality is not that easy. (laughs) Oftentimes it's much messier. And that's okay. We're never told that that's okay or that that's quote-unquote normal, but it is. So we have this idea that it's supposed to be this magical thing that we're going to meet this person and sparks are going to fly and we're going to fall in love and we're gonna live happily ever after, skipping down a beach in a sunset, holding hands, farting rainbows. Beautiful. Good for you if you actually had that experience, but you are the minority. So, most of us have a lot of tough lessons to learn along the way before we do find somebody, if we find somebody that is a really great partner for us. So, part of it is feeling discouraged. After you've blamed yourself for being blindsided, after not considering that you've been taught to trust and to give this person the benefit of the doubt and not to just immediately be suspicious because of how you were socialized. Meanwhile, this person has been training (laughs) like an Olympic athlete at their craft Which is keeping a part of themselves secret. So it's an unreasonable expectation for you to have of yourself that you would be able to see through this the first time it happens to you without knowing any better. The second reason why trusting yourself is difficult is because if you are like me and if you were in a situation in which you were betrayed. And the betrayal involved a lot of gaslighting, a lot of devaluation, meaning you were put down. You, uh, your self esteem declined. You didn't feel as good about yourself. You, uh, were also conditioned to second guess your intuition. You, the gaslighting is really what does that. When you have a gut feeling something is going on, you bring it up to your partner and their response is, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a you thing. There, You've no reason to even think this. You, this is your problem. You're crazy. And you start kind of believing it, especially when you don't see any evidence to the contrary or evidence to support it. And that's what I had. I was gaslighted all the time. And I was also rejected all the time. I was also put down. And so I came out of that uh, not trusting my own intuition because I had been second-guessing it and told to second-guess it so many times. And because my self-esteem was shattered, Part of that is the self-blame. Part of that is being with a partner who puts you down, which, by the way, is abusive, but that's a whole other podcast episode. So here is my uphill battle. I've been gaslighted. My self-esteem is in the shitter. I've blamed myself for everything, and I don't trust my intuition. So how do I learn to trust again? First off, That intuition is something that, even though in the moment after you come away from a betrayal, may not sound true, may not be something you can trust right away, you kind of have to take a leap of faith and trust it. It has never, it's never something that's going to purposely put you in a harmful situation. As humans, we instinctively lean towards self-preservation, survival. We don't like to intentionally put ourselves in harm's way or endanger our safety, well-being. So we're going to get these cues when something may feel off or unsafe that, you know, uh uh-oh, danger, danger, that fight or flight, that adrenaline response, right? That uh uh-oh is your cue, but when you've been taught to ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, we do. We start ignoring it. But it's usually not wrong. In my case, in hindsight, which is always twenty twenty, I now see that that intuition was there all along. It was sometimes a little whisper. Sometimes it was shouting at me. And I chose to ignore it. I painted red flags green, and I did it repeatedly for a number of reasons. Part of it was low self-esteem, liking the validation, wanting to live this princess fairy tale that I've been taught I'm supposed to get, wanting to have this happily ever after And so I'm going to let so many of these things slide, and I'm going to dismiss all of these feelings and alarms that are going off because those are going to pull me away from this fantasy. So at some point, I had to recognize that these alarms and these feelings were there, and they were right all along. And that I have to trust them. I can't ignore them. So... That's what I started working on to learn to trust again is really recognizing when those are coming up, what do they feel like, really being able to quiet down and listen to them, really allow myself to stop what I'm doing in order to pay attention, to not just continue on and brush them off. I also had to learn to manage my environment, my experience to fall in line with the cues from my intuition. And what I mean by that is setting boundaries. If something feels off, I'm not going to continue on with it just because I don't want to make somebody else upset. I'm going to do something To remove myself or to protect myself from whatever is making me uncomfortable. Because if I'm worried about somebody else's discomfort and I'm prioritizing that, then I'm allowing myself to sit in my discomfort. That other person, I'm making them comfortable at the cost or at the expense of my own comfort. And my comfort always has to come first. And that applies to everybody. Every single person has to take care of themselves and keep themselves safe first and foremost. So I really had to learn that. I mean, we can say it and say it till we're blue in the face, but to really take that in and integrate it that it's not your job to please others, to exist for somebody else's enjoyment that my primary responsibility as a human being is to take care of me first. I can only do for others if I'm okay first. Same reason why you got to put on your oxygen mask before you help someone else with theirs on an airplane. If you're over here suffocating and dying, you're useless to everybody else. So get yourself straightened out and then you can be of service to others. Same thing applies in relationships. If you're not okay, if you don't feel safe first, and if you're not paying attention to that, you are exposing yourself to the risk of harm. So part of this is listening, going back a little bit, listening to those cues, and then following up and following through accordingly. Set your boundaries. Maintain your boundaries. Get clear on what it is you're needing and communicate those needs. And I understand in relationships there has to be some level of give and take, some compromise. But be careful to not overcompromise. If you're able to compromise and still feel comfortable and safe, cool, you're doing it right. If you're compromising to the point where you're starting to feel overextended, or resentful, or disconnected, then you're overdoing it. Back it up a little bit. And I think the biggest thing is, no matter what your situation is, whether you're single, whether you're attached, whatever it is, in order for you to know that it's a good, safe situation, you have to be able to notice that you're able to remain grounded. That you can always come back and focus on yourself. That this situation is not interfering with that. It's not restricting you from being able to do that. It's still permissive and free enough to where you don't have to lose yourself, your individuality, or your ability to still be you. So... That is how you know that you can trust yourself. When you see yourself communicating your needs consistently, and clearly, I'm not talking about communicating your needs in the heat of the moment with your voice raised and dropping F-bombs. I need you to get the fuck out of my face. That is not communicating your needs. Taking digs at people, being passive-aggressive, not what I'm talking about. You're able to stay centered stay calm, communicate very clearly using I statements what I'm needing, what I'm feeling, what steps I need to take for myself to ensure this, and what would be helpful from you if you are open and willing in order to help me feel safe. And if you're not open and willing, then this is what I'm going to do. These are the steps I'm going to take to ensure my own safety. You're watching yourself setting boundaries, maintaining boundaries. You're not overcompromising. You're not rigid and selfish, but you're also not people pleasing. There's a happy balance, a middle ground, and that you're staying focused on your center, that you're able to return to it as you need to, and that you are not being pulled too far away from it. This sounds great, and a lot of it sounds abstract, but let me tell you, in my experience, my journey, this was a process. This took a lot of time. It took a lot of practice. It came with a lot of struggles. I made a lot of mistakes. I felt like I was never going to be able to do this. I luckily had the consistent support of a therapist, and after that, a coach who really, really worked with me on this. And I was a willing participant in that work. You have to want this. Where I was really reflecting and taking the time to analyze my experiences and different things that were happening in order to make sure that I was moving in the right direction, that I was getting better and better at this. It comes with practice. The same way that you were conditioned to not trust yourself and your intuition, you now have to recondition yourself back into trusting it. And it takes time. It took time for you to go the other way. Now it's going to take time for you to come back. And it takes practice. And it's hard. And it's going to bring up that trauma. And it's going to bring up those wounds But the more you stick with it and the more you practice it, the easier it gets and the better the quality of your relationships becomes. So in doing this work, I happened to meet Ted, my husband, kind of towards the beginning of the middle of my process. And I definitely was... Not in a place where I was ready to fully trust myself or him. And so I broke up with him several times. <sighs> Bless him and his patience with me. But it wasn't this fairy tale romance in the beginning. It had a lot of bumps and curves and dead stops along the way. But Over time, as I continued to do my work, as he continued to show up, it ended up getting easier and better and richer. The bond between us, our attachment, our communication, all of that improved. It took so much time. I can't stress that enough. This type of work moves at a glacial pace. So if you think whatever your idea is of slow, slow it down even more. (laughs) That's how it goes. I apologize in advance for this. I know it sucks. I know that it can be crazy making and you're going to get impatient. But trust the process. Stick with it. If you are ever going to trust another partner after you've been betrayed by one, The work you need to do to get there is learning to trust yourself. That's where it starts. That's the only way. I hope you get there. If you need support, please find your tribe, get some resources. I'm happy to help you and provide some of those. And stick with it. Keep on keeping on. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.